You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's see. What animals, what can't they go out with? Well, okay. That was something that was put on the camel's hump and was tied around the animal in some place. We don't let them go out that way. Because what are we afraid of? Why don't we let them, you know, go out with the matutuetet? Because he says that the problem is, is that it's going to fall off. Because it's not tight enough. The animal bumps around and moves. Rashi says, Shema Tipo. It might fall off, and it's an expensive thing. And if your camel is going out in Rosh Hashanah with this thing that's going to fall off of it, we're not going to allow it to do that. Okay? Lo akud, velo ragul. And the camel cannot go out akud or ragul. Okay? Akud would mean it's, uh, it's walking, but how is it walking? <laughs> it's walking, but it's got its front legs with its back legs tied up. Okay? Rogul means even one of its legs is lifted up. So it's got its, the front of its paw, the front of its, of its forelock is lifted up and it's like hopping on three legs. All of that stuff is, is, even though you think it's protecting it, that's not normal. And we don't let the animal go with, in, in such a way out in Rosh Hashanah. You cannot let them go that way. When it comes to camels, you can't tie the camels together. In other words, you put a string through all the camels, and then you walk with a whole string of camels in Rosh Hashanah. You can't do that. Abel. What you can do is take the ropes of all the camels, put it in your hand, and it's like you're walking 10 dogs, right? To have like a whole string, a parade of camels, you can't do. But if you have five camels and the rope of all of them are around your hand, that's okay. Then the Mishnah says, you can't take each string and make one big circle out of it. We'll see why not. Okay. Tana, lo gamo akshurlo, what? The Bryce is explaining. Biznovo. All it is is, uh, all it is is from the tail to the hump. That you can't do. Avo If it's tied at the, at the tail, and at the hump, and you've got it tied in two places, then it's not going to fall off. If you have a female camel and it's, it's, it's trying to exude some sort of afterbirth out of uh, where, where, where the baby comes out of, there you don't have to have the double tie because there's enough pain there that the animal isn't going to try to push it off. Because since it's tied where the shulia is, the animal doesn't want to move around because there's intense pain while that afterbirth stuff is coming out of it. And therefore, that pain is enough to keep the animal steady and it's not going to fall off. 
Lo akud v'loy ragu. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. What does akud mean? Akud akedat yad v'regel. It's like the four the four leg with the back leg are tied together. What's that? Like another one that was akud. The famous neck out of Klal Yisrael. Ki Yitzchak ben Avram. Ragu. Which is what I said before. In other words, the four lock over here is tied like this. That's Yochu. That's that's Rebbe Yehuda, the Amora's interpretation of our Mishnah. Mesve. So on Rebbe Yehuda's interpretation, which was the interpretation how I explained the Mishnah a couple minutes ago, Mesve. Abraisa says, you know what Okud means? Okud means Shte Yodayim, Vishte Raglayim. Meaning the two feet are tied together. It doesn't mean it's tied like this. It means like you put a, 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 a circle around one, a circle around the other, and a rope between them. So just like on a chain gang, right? Everybody's walking like this, like a prisoner. That's what we mean. That's what akud means. Once we treat it again. Rogu means shelo yochuf yodo ogabizroo v'yikshor. So Rogu is the same. But when it comes to Okud, it has a different interpretation. Which, now, there's a Napkamina. Because according to Rabbi Yehuda, if you're going to take the forelock, the, four, the, the forefoot and the back foot, that's already considered a Masui. That's considered a, a type of thing that, 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 that either won't last or it doesn't, it hurts the animal, doesn't protect it, it's, 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 it's overkill. But it could be connecting the feet might be mutter, according to Rabbi Huda. According to this brysa, it should be usher. That's why we're asking. This brysa, not only is it a, a difference in pshat, it's a difference in halacha. And therefore, according to this brysa, uh, it, it, not only when 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 the when the back and the front feet are tied, but the two feet, in a sense, bound together, should also be also. And maybe maybe we know people used to do that. And maybe Rabbi Huda held you could do that on on, on Shabbos. But according to this price, you can't, because Okud means So the Gemara needs an answer for Rabbi Huda. Says who the Amarki Haitana. He has another Tana. True, you found like a Brisa, but his interpretation of the Mishnah is based on another opinion from the time of the Tanoim. The Tanya, what does Okud mean? Akidas Yad Viregel, the front to the back. One second, that doesn't help Rabbi Yehuda. True, you, you saw from this second Brisa that Okud means two things, but one of them was something Rabbi Yehuda didn't say. It's still not exactly the same. That Brisa that you found is not like Yehuda's Parshonis of our Mishnah. One in three fits in exactly. But Mitziyosa, but the middle part, that it's the two feet connected to each other, Kashya. So he can't use that brisa because, as I said three minutes ago, it seems Yehuda would allow the animals to go with their feet tied together. There's a third source. That what, is the, what does it mean when it talks about Okud in terms of going out on Shabbos? And that's all it means. 
and Rogel Shalayochov Yerol Gabi's Rabbi Yikshar. And that was the Brisa that Yehuda based his Parshanas on the Mishnah. We said before that you can't tie up the, the, the camels and then lead them all with a big string. Why not? My time, Amr Ravashi, because Mishum Nemichsi, Kamanda Oza Lechidna, Lechidna. Looks like you're taking them to market. Looks like you're taking them to the Saturday market. What can you do? What you can do is to have five different ropes in your hand and walk them like a, a high-priced Manhattan dog walker. But what do we say? Do not take all the leashes and wrap them all together around your hand. Hmm. Why? What's wrong with doing that on Shabbos? Amar that last part of the Mishnah is not about Shabbos. Loishon Lilyin that part of the Mishnah was, was, was taught, not about Shabbos. It's because some of those ropes, some might be made out of linen, some might be made out of wool. And therefore, you have wool and linen ropes that are now wrapped around your hand. Aha! So it's like you're wearing a glove of Klayim. Well, that's going to be the Mar's answer. Mar doesn't know what it means yet. Mar says, Klayim demai. I skipped something. What do you mean, Adam? Are you saying because when he wraps them around him and then he runs with them, it's like he is like going with them together? And it's like he is in one, uh, it's like he is, he's in like one ol with them. He's like in one yoke with them together. Because we know you can't put Shor Vachamar Yachdav. That's one of the Surim of Klayim. You can't have a donkey, uh, a, a, a donkey and an ox together. So what about a human and an animal? We know that's not considered quiet. If a man decides to put a yoke on his neck and, 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 and plow a field together with his horse or together with his donkey, that's okay. That's not called quiet. He's allowed to lukrosh v'limshoch. So what do we mean, Klayim? Ella, Klayim de Chavolim. It's the Klayim of the ropes that are around his hand. And what we mean is, he should not, I'm sorry, I skipped something. We know when it comes to Klayim, when you have wool and linen, and they're only stitched together with one little stitcheroo, that's not called Klayim. Over here, they're not really stitched together. Yes, you have a linen rope, you have a wool rope, but they aren't together. That's not, you don't have a beged yet. Mer says, it is called Klayim de Chavolim. The ropes in his hand do create a problem of Klayim. He ties them around his hand, and then he makes a kesher. Then he makes a bow. So now he's taken the material, he's also tied the material together. So that's like he's created a, a glove. That's what's usher. Omar Shmuel, when it comes to Shabbos, you can lead animals. Going out on the other side of your hand, it can't be hang dangling out of the other side of your hand at tepach. Because then it seems like you're carrying it. But we have... Uh, a, 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 a teaching from Shmuel's base medrash 
that says Tfachayim, that the, the, the amount that it can't dangle from the other side of your hand is actually two Tfachim. Amar Abaya, hashta the Amar Shmuel Tepach. Shmuel said on himself, Tepach. His yeshiva said, Tfachayim, it must be Shmuel was trying to tell us to be machmir. In other words, the habo limlach, that if somebody comes and asks us how are you supposed to walk your dog or walk your animals, amrin and lay tepach. We tell him, look, be careful. We know it's hard to hold the string properly. Make sure that there's not a tepach of string out of your hand. Hold the end of the string, the end of the rope, because we don't want you to be meko surin. However, until you get to tefachayim, it's not really an iser. It doesn't look like you're carrying uh, the rope. Uh, and therefore, uh, that would still be mutter until tefachayim, although we would tell you at a tepach. So now the Gemara says, is that true? Matanya on Shmuel it's got to be higher than a tefach. Hmm. So, it sounds like that's the only uh, deal. You just got to make sure the rope is not down on the ground. As long as the rope is higher than a tefach, that's talking about the chavo de bene bene. That's talking about the rope between you and the animal. Which means, as we said, that when you do walk your dog or walk your animal, you have to make sure that the leash does not go down a tepach. Now, I got a problem with our dog now because he's so little. <laughs> so it could be the, the rope could go down a tepach to the ground. So you got to be careful the way you do that. If you have a small dog, it might be a problem walking in a place without an Erev in that way. Okay. Ein chamor b'mardas. Okay, we talked about um, the the donkey that needs to have the cover on it. If that uh, coverlet is not tied onto it, otherwise it might fall off. It can't go out with the bell. Even though the bell has got the piece of cotton in there that's stopping from making ringing and making everybody nuts, you still can't go out with that bell. Around its neck, it has a sulam because it's, it looks like a, a, a sulam. It, it, it's, it's, it's like a cone that dogs get when they get an operation. You don't want them scratching. So here, too, he's got some sort of wound somewhere. So you don't want him reaching back. You don't want the donkey reaching back with his mouth. So you put like a sulam around his neck so he can't move it. Uh, the donkeys would sometimes kick their feet. One would kick the other. They're sort of like so slow moving that one leg hits the other. So they would put these pieces of material around their legs to make sure that they didn't bang into them. Now, that's with donkeys. Ain't I trying to go in yotes and bechutin? And the, the hens and the chickens can't go out with ropes. Now, why would they have ropes? Because there would be various colors. This way, you know which one is yours. Those chutin would indicate, hey, this one belongs to me. So we don't want that to happen. And part of it might be because it might fall off and you'll pick it up. But the other one is interesting. 
and you can't tie up their feet either. Now they can walk with it, but this limits their ability to uh, to kick with their with their feet, because we know from the Gemara and Babakam and other places that this is what they used to do. These chickens and, and birds would go out into Rishon Saravim and kick and break stuff. So even though you're doing it to protect yourself from damages, it's not a protection on the animal. It's really only to make sure you don't get a, a bill from the neighbor. So that's not about the actual value of the animal. That's about the animal not damaging. That would be considered a masa on Shabbos. A little wagon that the rams would use that would be under their, uh, under their tail. Why do they have that? Look at Rashi. It was like a little wagon. That was put under their tail. Because those rams had very wide tails. And there's no bone in there. What is it? It's like it's just full of fat. And therefore, the tail is just this big, fat bunch of fat that drags on the ground. Nisrat, it gets scratched. Vinishkas. So therefore, what do you do? You create like a like a little wagon that's attached to the animal, and its big fat tail sits on that wagon. So you can't do that either because those things can come apart. And then you're going to carry the wagon. The wagon might make grooves. It's got wheels. This isn't one of the Makairas for a storm of bicycles and other things like that going out into Rishul Sarabim. Take us, right? Next. The female sheep can't go out. We'll see in the Gemara what this means. And the cap can't go out with this type of uh, cap that it would wear that would cause it to bend over. Now, the cap is not ready uh, to work. It's only when it becomes an ox or a cow. But we already want to get it used to the fact that it needs to bend its head down. Even when it's a child, an ego, you want it to to bend down. So there was a special type of uh, item that we put on it that would make it bend down. We also don't let the eagle go out with that, maybe because it's for its future, not for its present. Lo para ba'or hakipod, it should be. What they would do is they would skin a hedgehog with its uh, sharp uh, spikes, and they would put it around the udder of a cow, because they were worried that when the cow would sleep, a whole bunch of other you know, crummy animals would come, the Rambam says, a whole bunch of shrutzen would come and try to suckle from the cow milk, which was bad for the cow and, and stuff like that. So this way, when they would come to try to uh, nurse a little bit and get some of that milk from the big fat cow udder, they would bite into the spikes of the hedgehog skin. Again, that was also a problem because, again, it might fall off. And you can't have the ribbon between its horns. 
did go out with the ribbon, but the Chachamim weren't happy about it. So, my time, what's the reason why a cow can't go out with the ribbon? Kadamran, as we've already said before, because it basically does not protect it, it only beautifies it, and beauty is not enough of a reason, as we said. Right? Oh no, this is going about, I'm sorry, this is going on the, the chamor, that if it's not tied before Shabbos, um, so that's a problem. Uh, you can't tie it on Shabbos because it's usher to tie on Shabbos, like the Yishalmi says, because you're Mishnah Chai. We already dealt with it before, as we said a couple of pages ago. Well, if it's not making noise, what's the problem? Because when an animal goes out, dude it up, that's when you want it to make it look the best. You want to take it to the market. What's Beiloyo? It's right by its, like I said, it's by its, it, it's by its jaw. Why do you put it there? Because it has some sort of wound. It shouldn't turn around and try to scratch it. Why? Because it knocks into it. The two legs knock into each other. When you put this piece of material there, it protects it. Why? We put chutim on the, on the chickens. This way you'll know which one is yours. Why do you put it around the, ro- the, 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 the rooster's leg? The Abdi Because this way it's not going to go around and break stuff. Rashi says the way that works is Rashi here, Shakoshan, Shnei Ragleh Yachad, you tie its two feet together, It is able to walk, but it can't pick up its legs. It can't kick. So it's able to walk, it's still able to ambulate, but it's not able to come and kick. And that's what you're trying to stop. But that is called, that's a problem of Hitzah on Shabbos. Because we don't want their tails to get all wounded up the way Rashi explained it so beautifully in the Mishnah. I told you we're going to see in the Gemara what this means, a machlokas. What does this mean, Chanunot? It means, so he, he was sitting in front of the great, powerful, and scary Rosh Hashiva, and he said he thinks this is what it means. Because, I'll tell you what Chanunot means. Chanunot means, because when you shear it, and now it gets cold, because you took all its wool off, you have a piece of, a soft piece of cotton that you put in oil. And then you put it on its forehead so it shouldn't be cold. And I guess you tie it on its forehead. That's what we're talking about. And that's what we're talking about in the Mishnah, that you can't let it go out. What do you think we're talking about? We're making him into a. You're making the the the. You're making the the uh, the sheep into one of the gedolei into into the nasi marukba the head of the gola that he that you don't want him to get cold and you're you're treating him like 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 he's like he's a king. And then he tried to say what pshat was in the mishnah. You know what this means? When it's going to have a baby. Time then law 
shnei azakin shel shemen. What it is, we take two pieces of material, dip them in oil, one on its forehead, and one where the womb is. Why? So this way it'll be easier for the birth to happen. Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was sitting there. He said, you're making it like my wife, Yalta, <laughs> that she needs to be pampered when she has a baby, that she has all these doulas there doing stuff to her. You think that's the way you act? The way you act with sheep? That's the way you act with people. El Omer Ravuna. Ravuna. Rashiva before Abchista said, this is what it is. Eitz echod yesh ayam. There's a type of tree that you can get in one of the cities on the Mediterranean somewhere. And it's got a name. Its name is Chanun. Or maybe in Kisim. And you get from that tree, you cut a, a, a little strip of that tree and you put it in the animal's nose, and this way, it, what it does is, it causes the sheep to what? To sneeze. And why do you want the sheep to sneeze? And this way, the bugs and other types of parasites that are on its head will fall off. Because with all that sneezing going on, that, that causes the, the, the bugs to fall off. If that's true, then why is it only the females that get the chanun in it? Zaharim nami. Zaharim don't need it. They also get parasites, but they are more active in a way. How are they more active? Since the rams are always banging into each other, right? right? That's why the rams are the football team, right? The rams are banging into each other. The, the, the parasites fall off because of the, the banging of their activities with each other, bang heads with their horns, whereas the females don't, and that's why they need to have this thing in their nose. And, but it's going to fall out. It's probably expensive. You have to import it from some, some island over there. So because of that, we're afraid it's going to fall out and you're going to carry it. Shimon Nazira Omar, I think you know what it is? It's a kisma, the rizma. It comes from the rosim tree. It doesn't come from the chanun tree. It comes from the rosim tree. It does about the same thing, but it's not from the chanun tree. That's why the Mishnah calls them chanunot, because it comes from the tree chanun. Elul, Rabbanon, according to everybody else, why is it called chanunot? Why was that the term? However, you're going to learn. My chanunot whether it's something you put on their forehead when they're having the baby or when it's cold. Why is it called Chanunot? Because all these things are things you do for the animal because you have Rachmanis on the animal. You feel connected to it. You have Rachmanis, so that's called Chanunot. It's unnecessary on Shabbos and it's going to fall out. And because of that, it's also to go out. But that's why it's called Chanunot. Ain't a ego yotzi bigimon? My ego bigimon, Amaravuna Barnira, Amarabalazar, my mashma, the high gimon. What is it? It's Lishna the Mechaf. It means you want it to bend down. This is what, of course, we say in the Haftorah on Yom Kippur in the morning. Halachov ke egmon rosho. Is that what God wants? God wants us to bend our head like the egmon. 
Egmon is like the reed that bends down. Is that all the Tainus on Yom Kippur is about? So you see again, Gimon is about bending your head down. God doesn't just want that. He wants us to do tzedakah and chesed. That's what the Pusset says. Lo parabara kupar. Why? Why do you put the hedgehog hide on it? Because you, you don't want the yali. You don't want all those wild animals to come and nurse from the cow. Either according to Rob, it's because Bain Lenoi Bain Lashamir. Rob says, he says, you don't need this. Uh, a cow is a docile animal. It doesn't need a rope. It doesn't need that, that ribbon around it in order for you to guide it. The cow will generally walk with you. Shmuel says, if you want it because you need it to guide it, that would be okay. But Lenoi is Osir. To have it there for the cow to look beautiful, that's Osir. Lashamir, but if you're nervous, Nelly, and you want to make sure Bessie is watched, that's Mutter. And that's the Machlokas we had a couple of days ago. Now we get into the heart of a very important idea. And I do want to do a couple minutes of it because uh, we have just go a couple minutes over and then we'll do the rest tomorrow. Parasa Shrebelosim and Azaria, that his para went out with the stuff on its horns. The Chumam were not happy. Or says, Vachoda para, Avile, you only had one para. Vomerav, Tracer Alfe Egle, 12,000 different uh, cabs. Habi Ma'asr wasn't an Azaria. Me'adre Koshata. He did Maiser Behema. He was a Koyan. But he did Maiser Behema every year. And he still, he had to take, again, he had to take Maiser Behema. And he had 12,000 cabs every year. 12,000 times 10. You tell me what that number is, <laughs> right? Was that 12 million, right? 12,000 times 10 is... 120,000. Right? 120. 120, had 120,000 animals. <laughs> so so you think that he had one cow? So, Tana, so we learn, it wasn't his cow. It was his neighbor. He was rich like anything, but he had a neighbor with one cow. But since he didn't stop her, it's called his cow, and we blame him for that. So, Rav, Rav Hanina, Rabbi Yechanan, Rav Chaviva. How many is that? Four. Rav, Rav Hanina, Rav Yechanan, Rav Chaviva. Masnu, they taught. All the, the Gemara interrupts. Uh, wherever you see this for this group, take out the name Yochanan, put in Yonatan. Okay, okay, so it's not Yochanan, it's Yonatan. What did he say? This is what he said. If you are able to stop your family from doing something and you don't stop them, then you are considered as you get the guilt of your family. If you have the standing to stop people from your city from doing an Aveiro and you don't try to stop them, then you are considered together with them. It's like your Nenash, Rashi says, 
and the whole world. Who's the whole world, Rashi says? All of Klal Yisrael. Gagoyin Melech, Venasi. Someone she'evshoi limchois. If you have that influence in the community, in the world, and you didn't stop it, and they're doing the Averis, you get a partial blame for their Averis. That's what we're seeing here as a byproduct of this little line in the Mishnah. Amar of Papa, Bahani Debei Reish Galusa, they're part of that. The Reish Galusa was so influential, people listened to him. And if he could have stopped what people were doing, Nitvisu al Kuleyalma, he gets blamed for the Averis that the rest of Klayustro was doing in Bobo. Where do we know this from? Kihodama Rav Chanina. Mai dixiv Hashem b'mishpat yovoi imzikne amai v'sorav, the Pasek says. Where's this Pasek? This Pasek is in Yeshaya. That God is going to come to mishpat against Klal Yisrael. On who? On these princes who are doing all these terrible grub things living this salacious life and doing this Avedizara and stuff. And he's also going to have a mishpat against the Zikainim, against the Sanhedrin. So we ask, Im sarim chotu, right? If the Sarim sinned, let's just do one more line from, from what should have been, I think, today's stuff. Let's take a look. Hang on. Um, Zikainim machotu. What did the Zikainim do wrong? Ela'ema al Zikainim shalomichu besorim. The Zikainim had some control and they should have been meicha against the sorim. That's, right. That's why they're blamed. Rav Yudav Yosef Kameh Shmuel. Rav Yudav was sitting in front of Shmuel to show, to listen, to figure out how you're supposed to be a Dayan. And the way you figure out is by sitting there in front of the Bezdin and watching the way the Dayan works. That's called Shemesh Tamina Chachamim. Osahi Yisisa. A woman came. Kotsavcha Kameh. What did she do? She screamed. She screamed and blamed him. Hello, Habi Mishkach What was she screaming about? She's screaming about Ataina, what should happen. Shmuel wasn't listening. Amarlay, so Yehuda said to Shmuel, don't you hold? Item Ozno Dal. If you close your ears when the poor person is screaming, Gamhu Yikarvaloyana, you won't you'll call out to God and God won't answer you. Amarlay, he says, You're right, I, I didn't seem to get involved with her. But you know what? Shinana, Yehuda, Reisheich Bikrire. You're right. In some way, I am going to be punished. I'm not going to be burnt by this. I'm going to get cold water spilled on me. But Reisheich, the one who's the head of me, 
He's the one that could change her situation. He's the one that could make the situation better for her. He's going to get chamime. He's, because he's, even though I'm the biggest Talmud Chacham, as Rashi says, he's still my boss. He's the Avbezdin. I might be the greatest Dayan. And people will come to me for my brains. But officially, he's the chief rabbi. And he's got the power in the community. Marukva does. And therefore, Marukva is to blame for what's happening to the poor that he's not taking care of. Dechsev, based of it, a Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Pasuk in Yirmiyohu, Koyamar Hashem, Dino Levaker Mishpot. You have to make sure that the poor person isn't stolen from and violence isn't taken out on the poor person. Because if you don't, my fire will come out and burn. The won't be extinguished from the because your actions are evil. Who's that? Base David. The base David was Marukva, who was a descendant of David and Yehuda. He's the one who's the leader. He's the one God is more mad at. Omri Rabzei Reb Simon. Rabzei said to Reb Simon, why did Shmuel say that? Why didn't, why don't you, Reb Simon, why didn't Shmuel go to his boss and say, I know you're the official head and you're the official Avbezdin, but you, it's wrong what you're doing. Amarle, as Rav Simon said, you know why they didn't complain to the head man? Because they're not going to accept it from me. I'm too small. Amarle, Rav said, even though you sort of figure they're not going to accept it from you, you have a moral responsibility to be mochiach. What happens? Luchachinu. You've got to be mochiach them. Mochich omar. Why? Because the Omer Rabbi Achab, Rabbi Chanina, mi'oylem lo'yotzta mi'datova mi'piyak Kodesh Baruch v'chosa b'ilero. It never happened that God gave a dispensation and in a positive way and then took it back and made it worse. Chutz mi'davar zeh. It only happened once by the Churban. Right? In the Pasuk in Yecheskel. What does it say? Hashem spoke to the Malach and said, Come into the city of Yerushalayim and put the letter Tuf, put the letter Tuf, a Tuf, on the foreheads of the men. Which men? Hanenochim, the ones who are screaming, the ones who were in pain. Because of all the terrible, ugly things that had been done in that city, Yerushalayim. What did it mean? The tzaddikim all get a tough on their hand, on their heads, on their foreheads. Tov shodio. What was it? What was it? In, 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 what was the substance that the letter Tuf was ink. on their forehead? It was ink. made out of ink. Why? Because I'm going to send 
these angels of destruction to punish them. For the ones that are Rishoyim, put a tov shodam. Why? And this way, the Malachi Chavol are going to come and kill them. So Midas Adin spoke up and said, What's the difference between these people and those? They're all part of Kuala Yisrael. God said, I'll tell you what the difference is. So Midas Adin said, they're not Sadiqim Gemurim. You're right. They did nothing to hurt the poor. They did nothing to make things worse. They weren't the ones that, that did negative things to the, to, the, to the people who had nothing. But Amr Khan Rabbanishal Midas Adin said, They should have made a public declaration. They should have made a machal. They should have said, this cannot stand. A condemnation. God said to Midas Adin, I know. It wouldn't have helped. Those guys that were running the town, those fat cats, those leaders, they wouldn't have listened to the tzaddikim. Midas Adin said back, you knew, because you know the future, but and you know the nature. But Laham Migoli, they did not know. And therefore they should not be spared. Even the Zokain, when the Tzivui came out, even the Zokain, meaning even the Zokain, even the Zakanim, ended up getting punished. When the Pasuk in Yechezkel says that there would be this punishment that would be unleashed, originally he thought it's not going to be for the Zakanim. Zakanim are, are the Tzadikim. But then Midas Adin made its point and said they should have tried to stop it. They would have been unsuccessful anyway. But to be apathetic and give up and not care and not make a stand? Not allowed to do that. You become guilty as well. That's us. Awesome. And that's why the Pusik says, the who's the one who was going to be saved? The, the, the poor ones, the ones that were oppressed. They had the tough. But there was no tough anymore on the on the on the rabbonim. I'll teach you. But you know who you're going to start with? You're going to start with my mikdash. But not the base mikdash. It's the zakenim in the base mikdash. That's where it started. It started with those people in the Sanhedrin. The ones who could have stayed were the ones they were killed out, Nebuch. For not making a machah. Tani Rabbi Yosef, Al Tikre Mikdoshi, not my Mikdosh, Ele Mikudoshai. I'm talking about my holy ones, that in their private lives, there was Elu B'nai Adam, they're almost holy people. B'nai Adam, Shekimu Esatera Kuame Alpatov. Yeah, there was a tuff on their foreheads to kill them, a forehead in blood, and the way. What was that? The forehead meant that they did all the mitzvahs, but they didn't stop the others. They kept the mitzvahs perfectly for themselves, 
but they didn't stop other people and make a machah. And that's what the Pasuk says, Six, they weren't really humans, but they looked like humans, came, they came from the north, he had like a he had like a, a, a an inkwell to put the to put it on the foreheads of the people on his on his loins. And they stood by the Mizbeach. So there wasn't a Mizbeach of Nachoshes at that time. Mizbach Nachoshes Mihabi. There was no Mizbeach. Shlomo Melech changed it into this huge Mizbeach. It wasn't like it was in the Mishkan. What does it mean, Mizbeach Nechoshes? I want you to start with the Levim, the Tzadikim. The Levim were supposed to be the teachers. That's the Nechoshes, the Kli Nechoshes of the Levim. Who are those six figures? They weren't really people. They were, they were embodiments of of, of, of killing. Amar of Chista, Ketzef, one Af, Chema, Mashchis, Mashper, Machale. Those are six aspects of death, and that's what was unleashed against Yerushalayim, including the leadership. Why was it the letter Tuf that was on their foreheads? Amarav, Tuf stands for Tichia. But that's for the ones who were in, in, in ink. But Tuf also stands for Tomus. Shmuel Amar, Toma, Schusobos. Up until now, the Schusobos could help. From this point on, the Schusobos is finished, and that's why they're, they're going to die. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Tochun Schusobos. Let the Schusobos lie on them. Rishwakash Amar, what was the tough? The tough is the last part of God's seal. Sof Chos Moshe Akadish Baruchu. The Yomar which is what MS. The Rabbi Chanina Chos Moshe Akadish Baruchu MS. So the letter Tuf is the last letter in that. That's God's seal, is, is, the, is the letter Tuf. But still, even though they had all those schusim, they were not saved. And they died. They died in Yerushalayim just with everybody else. And the reason was is because they didn't make a macho. And that's where Abzeira says, you need to do what you can, even today, to try to make a macho. And if you don't, then you share the guilt. And chas v'shalom, you open yourself up to terrible punishment. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 